0: The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen.
1: As we go into the word of God, our eyes are open to see and to understand. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, say it loud, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So are you ready for the meal? Glory to God. Now, right now, we're going to be looking at the subject tied to salvation. Salvation. And um, I always try to make sure that during conferences like this, we actually um, deal with that subject matter, salvation, properly, so that we can have proper clarity on it. Amen. If there is some subject in the body of Christ that has caused a lot of um, um, controversy, Love argument and things like that is salvation, and it's because there's um we've not really had proper teaching um that answered certain questions for many years. What we've had is that you had a lot of you know you know plants and a lot of um, groups you know. So some folks say, oh, this is what we believe, and other folks say, this is what we believe, and you don't have that things have been properly explained. Now, we're going to attempt to do that today. Praise the Lord. Look at him and say, this CRC is my CRC. Again, say, this CRC is my CRC. So it's very important to pay attention, follow, take the notes, hallelujah. Later on, in the afternoon, we'll continue again this teaching. Then in the evening, we're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting, hallelujah. All right, Joe Deep is going to be around for the evening session, praise God. So it's going to be a wonderful time. You cannot remain the same, hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 1, salvation. Salvation shows you, the salvation plan of God shows you how intentional God is. Jesus dying on the cross was not a reaction to Adam's sin. God had always proposed in himself to give Jesus to die for our sins. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. This is Joseph, all right? Saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the what? Of the Holy Ghost. Now, 21, everybody read one to go. He says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? Just talk to me. Thou shalt call his name what? Thou shall call his name what? Jesus. For he shall save his people from what? Their sins. Now notice, he shall save his people from their sins, and you shall call his name Jesus. Which means the essence of the person of Jesus is salvation. The essence of the person
0: of Jesus is what?
1: Hallelujah. The essence of the person of Jesus is salvation. Now if you turn to St. John's Gospel chapter number 1. St. John's Gospel chapter number 1 and verse 29. John 1 and 29. Now look at this. It says here, praise God, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Which means that the ministry of Jesus and the reason, the primary reason Jesus came also do what? Take away the sins of the world. So we cannot talk about the um, works of Jesus and what Jesus did in the sacrifice without talking about sin and the sin he took away. To say that Jesus did what he came to do and to in the same breath begin to talk about sin as still a problem, it means Jesus did not succeed. Hallelujah. But I believe Jesus succeeded. Praise God. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe Jesus succeeded? Yeah. So, when we talk about salvation, all right, we are talking about what Jesus did in his sacrifice for sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word for salvation is the Greek word soteria. All right, it is used for salvation in Acts of Apostles, chapter number 4, verse 12. Let's turn in there, Acts 4 and 12. Acts 4 and verse 12. Look at what it says here. It says, um, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. What does it mean salvation or soteria? It means rescue, it means to save, it means to deliver. Amen. So, salvation has to do with a rescue or deliverance from something or someone. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about salvation, we can't talk about salvation without talking about the person who did the saving. Are you following? So if we talk about salvation, we have to talk about also the Savior. Because the character of the salvation that we have is going to be determined by the character of the word of the Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Savior, Jesus, glory to God, is called our sotar or our Deliverer. If we turn to Second Peter chapter 3. When we're talking about salvation, oh, oh, when you say, are you saved? You say, oh, no, I'm not sure. Only Jesus, only God knows who those who are saved. No, you, you, are, you are insulting salvation. You are insulting salvation when you talk like that. Because you are impugning the character of the Savior. How do I know I'm saved? I just look at my Savior. Can I trust what he has said? Can I trust what he has done? <laughs> look at this. Um, uh, where does I say she opened second peter, right? Second Peter, second Peter chapter 3, and verse 2. Look at what this is that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, of the Lord and Savior. So, savior is his appellate, it is his title. So if a man comes to Jesus to save him, then that man is saying, I trust in the capacity of Jesus to save. How many of you understand that? How many of you understand that? I trust in the capacity of Jesus to save. So if I come to Jesus to save me, it means I'm saying, Jesus, I believe you are a specialist in saving people from sin. So if Jesus fails to save after I have come to him, it means that he is not an effective savior. Amen? Amen. It means it's not an effective failure. Hallelujah. So if a man comes to Jesus and says, I believe in you, I believe in what you did for my sin, that man should be able to go to bed knowing that his sins have been taken care of. Are you following what I'm saying? Now let us look at the story. And let us look at the plan of God from the beginning. Now, it has always been God's plan to offer eternal life to mankind. Always been his plan. Look at Titus chapter number one, everybody. Titus
0: 1.
1: Before time began, God had already planned for all men to receive eternal life in Christ Jesus. God had a plan before time began. There is a reason for your existence. There is a reason for your existence. There is a reason why you are here. Look at Titus chapter number 1. Let's look at it. Paul is servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Verse 2. Everybody read, one to go? He says what? In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot what? Lie. Promise when? Before the world began. He promised it before the world began but at in due times manifested His word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. So he promised eternal life before, before. The word promised here is the word epagelion. It means to announce. To announce. He announced his plan of offering eternal life before the world began. Hallelujah. Before the world began. If you look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, when he talks about the world, that expression before the world began is from the Greek word ionos. Ionos means age and dispensation. Age and dispensation. It's not talking about cosmos, the social systems. It's talking about times, hallelujah, seasons. So before the times and the seasons began, God had already purposed in himself for eternal life to be offered to mankind. Hallelujah. Before the world began. So when you see promise before the world began. So when you see the world, that expression word that's Ionus, then that expression began is the word Chronos. Chronos is talking about regular time. Regular time. In that sense, but at, ma- at in due times manifested, his world through preaching. Now I'm going to explain to you a few things. We're going to ask ourselves a question about, for example, why did God create the earth? Why did he create, you know, someone was asking a question, that why did God create the world if he knew all things and he knew that there will be evil in the world and there was going to be such darkness in the world? If, if God knew all these things, why didn't he just leave us alone? Why create a world and know there will be gross darkness in it? What kind of God does that? When we talk like that, they don't understand the reason for creation. And we're going to look at it today. We're going to ask questions like, the tree of life, what does it mean? When Adam ate of that fruit, what did it mean? Praise the Lord. When he ate of the tree, what did it mean? We're going to look at it line upon line. Then we will now come to, alright, why Jesus had to die. And the what? The result of Jesus dying. Praise God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look at someone and say it's about to get better. Now, so, Before the world began, before the ages and dispensations were manifested in time, God had already promised eternal life. Hallelujah. Now, when God now said, I want to make man, he now lets us know something, that I want to make man, but this man I want to make, I have a plan for him. Look at Romans chapter number 8. I have a plan for him. There is a design. Romans chapter number eight Praise God. Praise God. Romans chapter number eight and 28. Everybody let's read one to go. He says what? And we know that all things work together for good, to them that what? love God, to them who are called or who are the called, according to His purpose. Hallelujah all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you read the context of Romans chapter 8, he is talking about salvation. So in 28, everybody read, want to go? 29, one to go? For whom he did what? Talk to me. For whom he did what? So For whom he did for no. He also did what? Predestinate to be what? Conformed to the what? image of his son. Now, that expression for know, for know means to see beforehand. Hallelujah. So that means when he says for whom he did for know, so that means before this person ever existed, God knew this person. Are you following? So for whom he did for know, he also predestinated. Now, what does it mean to predestinate? To predestinate means to act beforehand to do beforehand. So he's saying that God did something based on what he knew beforehand. So he says, for whom he did foreknow, also did predestinate. So who is the whom? He's referring to in verse 29. The whom he's referring to in verse 29 is explained in 28 when he says, and we know That all things work together for what? For good. To them that love God. Hallelujah. All right. The better rendering is actually to them that God loves. Praise the Lord. Because in the New Testament, in the Epistles, the emphasis is not on our love for God. The emphasis is on God's love for us. Because he was the one who first loved us. We were not the one who first loved him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world, John 3 16, that He gave. So it is God who did the loving. God is the one that took the first step towards us. We were not the one that took the first steps towards Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So it is us, He's referring to. We were the ones He foreknew, and we were the ones He predestinated Conform to the image of his son. So before God created man, God's plan was this: I want to create a man, I want to have a family. I am God, I'm invisible. I dwell in the place of inapproachable light. I want to create a being, man. All right, but I want to create him in my image. I want to create him in the image of my son. Because the image of God is Christ Jesus. Let us even clarify that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Hallelujah. Sound people, can I go back to La now? Please let me know when I can go back, when this is sorted out. I cannot. Praise God. I'm guessing we'll sort that out right afternoon. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 and verse
0: 26.
1: How I many of you have ever built something? Look at me. You want to build something? Then before you guys built it, you guys had a plan. If you, had, you know what I'm talking about? You plan it, right? Then you design it. Then so it's gonna look like this, it's gonna look like this, it's gonna look like this, right? Right? Okay, how many of you know I've heard of an architect before? Put your hand on an architect. Okay, you know, before they build do a building, the architect will do a what? A design. So now when the architect does that design and is you know doing all of those things, he does the design with a building in mind. Is that correct? So that means that architect all right, in his foreknowledge, has a picture of how that building should appear. Is that correct? Is that correct? So that means the design of the architect is based on his what? Is based on his what? Is based on his what? Foreknowledge. So, oh, I have a picture of how this building should look. In fact, most architects, when they even draw up their architectural drawing, one of the things they will do is that there will be a picture that they will show you this how the building will look. Is that correct? <laughs> then they will have the schematics. Is that correct? Or, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The schematics, you see all those drawings and things like that. So you have, oh, this, has be, this is where the toilet will be and stuff like that. Now, that's for knowledge. So the predestination is, what they, when they now get to the construction ground, and they now begin to build, what pattern are they building after? They are building after the pattern that has been drawn. Is that correct? So they now know, okay, this is supposed to be here. This is supposed to be here. This is supposed to be here. Now, when somebody now comes and now begins to build something in that building that is not in accordance, glory to God, with the drawing, what do we say has happened? This person is not building in accordance with what? The pattern. So he has missed the pattern. Is that correct? Is that correct? So now you will now understand what sin is from this allegory now. Amen. Because God had a pattern. He had a design. He had what he has proposed in himself. Glory to God. And he had proposed in himself that all men were to be created and conformed to the image of who? Of the Son. Praise God. Praise God. To conform to the image of the Son. To look like Jesus. Because Jesus is the image of God. Now, I want to show you something. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. Sorry. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He says, and God said, Let us make man wear in our image, after what? Our likeness. And let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, what created he them. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Now, when we read Genesis chapter one, it says God created man in his own image, we now begin to oh, wonder, that's fantastic, that's wonderful. What is the image of God? Nobody knows what the image of God is. Because when you say God created man in his own image, many people have the idea that it means that God created man to look physically like man, um, look physically like God. But God is spirit. So if God is spirit, it would mean that if we are talking about man looking like God, it cannot be talking about the outer body of man. Because God is what? Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. So it is in the epistles we will now begin to understand what Moses meant by God saying, let us make man in our image. Because when he says, let us make man in our image, we don't understand what the image of God looks like. I' the epistles. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his son, of his dear son. Verse 14, everybody read. In whom we have what? Through his blood, even the forgiveness of what? Of sins. Verse 15, he now says, Who is the what? Image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every what? Preacher. So that means he's talking about Jesus here and he's telling us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when we talk about the image of God in Genesis 1.26 who, who is being referred to? Who is being referred to? I said who is being referred to? Jesus. Jesus.
0: Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's Hebrews chapter 2, sorry. Hebrews 1. The book of Hebrews chapter number 1.
1: Now, let us start from verse 1. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, had in these last days spoken unto us by his Son." Now this is so beautiful, so beautiful. You remember we talked about something in St. John's Gospel 16, yesterday, verse 12 and 13, where we said that when the Spirit of truth is come, He will come and He will lead us into what? He will lead us into what? All truth, Which means that the Spirit of truth will come and bring us into all the truth bring us a full and complete message. Hallelujah. Remember that? About Christ. Remember, we talked about that yesterday. Now, if you look at this Hebrews chapter 1, when it says, God who had sundry times and in diverse manners speak. Now, in the English language, you know, this Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, if you don't break it down, you are not really understand what is being said. But if you look at the where it says, God who had sundry times here, this word times uh, times here, or sundry times, is from the Greek word polymeros. And it's talking about um, many portions. So, in the Amplified, you will, say, you will see that the Amplified, what is being said in Hebrews chapter 1, alright, verse 1, in that what is being communicated is that God spoke in many small, small portions through many people. So, Ezekiel came, and when he prophesied, there was a portion of the truth. Are you following? Moses came, and when he spoke and he wrote, there was a portion of the truth. Isaiah came, when he prophesied, there was a what? A portion of the truth. So if you read each of them, you will never see the full picture. You will only have what? A portion. Are you following? Come on, are you following? But he's now telling us that in verse 2, at in these last days, spoken unto us what? By his son, or in his son. So in his son, God does not speak through many voices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't speak through many voices. In His son, God speaks through a singular voice such that in His son we will understand properly what the other people were saying. Hallelujah. So therefore the Bible is a Christocentric document where which, when we view the Bible through the lens of Christ, we understand what is being said. Hallelujah. So you cannot understand Moses if you don't understand Christ. You cannot understand Isaiah if you don't understand Christ. You cannot understand uh, uh, David if you don't understand Christ. Because all of these prophets were writing in small, small portions, truth about who? Christ. Let's say Luke's Gospel 24. Let me just go digress a bit. Luke 24 and verse 27. Look at what it says. He says, and beginning, this is Jesus. Well, let's even start from 24 or 22. post resurrection, Yeah, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. All right. Verse 23, everybody read. He says what? And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of what? Angels, which said that he was what? Which said that he was what? Now, 24. Everybody read, one, to go. He says what? And found it even to as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, all fools and slow of acts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You see that? All that the prophets have spoken. Six. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter what? Into his glory. Now, everybody read verse 27. And beginning what? At Moses. And what? All the prophets. Praise God. And what? All the prophets. So that means Jesus quoted great major prophets, quoted minor prophets. And what did he bring out? He brought out the things concerning what? Himself. Because all the prophets pointed to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at 42. And they gave him a piece of broad fish and of an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat it before them. Everybody read verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms, what? Concerning me. So that means the entire body of book, the Bible, is talking about Jesus. Any Bible study? That is not centered on Jesus Christ, as the understanding of it will be error. Because the whole book is talking about Jesus. Now let's continue. I said you should open Hebrews chapter 1, right? Hebrews chapter 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1. He says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So you understand that verse 1 now better, right? Right? Now, 2 now says, At in this last day spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the words. Now, verse 3. Everybody read. He says, Who being the brightness of his glory, and the what? Express image of his person. He is the brightness of his glory. That word brightness is the outshining, the appagousman of his glory, and the express image of his person. Express image of his person. What is this telling us? Jesus is the visible manifestation of God. Jesus is God we can see. Glory to God. That's who Jesus is. To understand the invisible God, look at Jesus. It's very simple. You have to be paid to misunderstand it. He is the glory of God. So when he says... Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image. What does that mean? Let us make man after Christ. Hallelujah. Let us make man after the what? The image of Christ. Because Christ Jesus is eternal life. Remember we said that in Titus chapter 1, God's plan before the world began was to give eternal life to all men. Is that correct? is that correct? I said, is that correct? Uh So that was his plan. God was saying, I want to create a family. I want to have a family of men on the earth. And I'm going to give them eternal life so that they can share in my nature. I will give it to them. I will offer eternal life to them. That was his plan. Which means God's plan was never for man to experience sickness, disease, or death. It was not his plan. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. It was not his plan. His plan was he wanted man. He needed a family. Praise the Lord. That was his plan. He wanted man and he wanted a family. a family, sons, that had his life, that had his nature, so that they can dominate the world that God has created together. That was the plan. Praise the Lord. Amen. Then when God created man and made from man, the Bible now tells us he put man in the garden and when he put man in the garden, there was the tree of life there. We're going to now answer what the tree of life means. So the question you now ask me is, as a pastor, you said God created man
0: Glory to God.
1: Alright, praise God. This is better. Thank you very much. Can I put our hands together for the media team? Thank you, Lord. Alright, are you ready? Now, where was I? So, God put and made available the tree of life in the garden. So the question you ask is, Pastor, if if God gave man eternal life,
0: if God gave it to him, Then what was the
1: problem? If God gave it to him, what was the problem? Remember what we talked about yesterday—that whatever God gives, man must what? Man must what? Receive. God giving is not an imposition. God's giving is a what? An offer. So when you go to Genesis, you have a picture of the beginning. And you now find out and you get the picture of what happened with adam and eve in the garden hallelujah some folks think that the story of adam and eve was an historical rendering of what happened don't forget adam and eve were alone in that place moses never met adam and eve moses wrote Genesis 1 and 2 by what? Revelation. That is why Genesis 1, Genesis 2 is not a scientific document. No. It is a revelation of God given to Moses for the purpose of passing an information across. It is why Paul, when he's writing his epistles, when he refers to Genesis, what he talks about, he doesn't talk about a talking serpent. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? He doesn't talk about a snake. He doesn't even mention a garden. Do you know that the garden of Eden is only mentioned in Genesis? Praise God. The only time you have Eden again mentioned is in Revelation. It's a prophetic book. When Paul wants to talk about How sin, the beginning, we say, uh, for us, sin entered the world. It doesn't mention snakes and all of that. No. Why? Because what you have in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 is a um, God speaking in prophetic language to Moses, showing Moses this is what happened in the beginning. So when we read it, through the lens of Christ. And I said, oh, so this is what happened. So let us, let us look at what happened. Look at Genesis chapter number 2.
0: Genesis 2. So remember, God's plan
1: was to offer eternal life to all men. He promised it before time began so that they can have a family of men, sons, that share in his life, that share in his nature. Death was not part of it. Sickness was not part of it. It was never part of it. Death was not part of it. Sickness was not part of it. God didn't say, okay, I'm going to make men and they are going to suffer. No, never planned it like that. Hallelujah. Cajunas is Pay attention. Verse 6. But there went up a mist from the earth and wiped out the whole face of the ground. Verse 7, everybody read want to go. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a what? A living soul. Notice, when he says man became a living soul, this shows us here that man at this time in Genesis 2-7 had not received eternal life. He was not made a man that could live forever. Praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, what we have there is the declaration of God's plan. I, want, I will make man in my image and after my what? My likeness. Genesis 2 now shows you the actual making of this man. Amen. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says the first man Adam was made was, was a natural man. While the second Adam is the Lord what? From heaven. So the first man was of the earth, earthy. Natural man. But the second man, that is Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. Are you following? So that means we have two different kinds of men. An earthly man and a heavenly man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. An earthly man and a, what? and a heavenly man. Two different kinds of men. Very clear. So he says again, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living what? Soul. He became a living being, alive on the earth. Not with eternal life. Alive on the earth. Now, we will see eternal life in a moment. And the Lord God, now notice something very, see, there is no coincidental or useless information in your Bible. Look at this again. It says, after talking about breathing into man's nostrils, the breath of life, and man becoming a living soul. Look at the very next thing he says in verse 8. Everybody with verse 8 wants to go. He says what? And the Lord God did what? A garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had what? Form. Uh-huh. Next verse, 9. And out of the ground, that is in the garden, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of a knowledge of good and evil. Stop. So, man becomes a living soul. Then God puts him in the garden that God made, planted. Then in this garden, it tells us that there are many trees in the garden, but we are told only about two. The tree of life, and the tree of what? Of the knowledge of what? Good and evil. When I was growing up, I actually thought that this was talking about an actual tree with actual fruits. How many of you had that, you know, actual tree, actual fruit? <laughs> then we grew up saying, oh, it was a fruit that Adam ate, you know, things like that. But I'm sure many of you in church here don't think like that anymore. We've already settled that a long time ago. Now, I'll show you something very, very quickly. And it shows you how that, in Scripture... When God wants to communicate something to us, he would communicate it using kind of life, a metaphor. So when he says tree of life, what's tree of life? Is there a tree that has eternal life inside? Is there an actual tree? So we have to answer the question, what is God, what is he saying here? What is he saying here? So now, we now go through scriptures. Do we have other examples where life is Presented in a metaphorical form. Do we have examples? Yes. So for example, Jesus came and said, I am the what? I am the what? Bread of life. Amen. Does that mean that Jesus was a loaf of agege bread walking through Jerusalem? No. Because I would imagine, I mean, that would mean that Jesus was was bread crucified on the cross. You know. And there was a mouth in the bread. And he said, Eli Eli Lama Sabactani. It means that when he says I'm the bread of life, that is a metaphorical expression. You see, your Bible is one of the, the Bible is one of the best books ever put together. So in the Bible, you have different forms of communication. You have literal communications, you know, things that are spoken and should be taken what? literally, and there are things there that are metaphorical communication that should not be taken what literally, but what metaphorically. Praise God. I said, praise God. And proper Bible study is being able to tell which is which. When is a literal communication being made, and when is the communication what metaphorical? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You need to know. So, when he says tree of life, do we have other examples in scripture where life is spoken about in a metaphorical form? Yes! We have bread of life. I am the bread of life. If any man eats of me, he shall live for what? Forever. We have that. John 6. Praise God. Then we have um, rivers of living water. Remember that? Alright. Then you have well of water springing up to what? Everlasting life. So, then you also have the book of what? The book of what? now many people think that there's an actual book in heaven that when we get to heaven all of us will line up then the angel will say uh-huh, it's time take your tally number then everybody do not come like that without much then we'll get to gates of heaven then we'll be looking then the angel will be looking at the book turning the pages what is your name hold on then check where are you from nigeria hold on let us check whether your name is there and they'll be checking and be looking and checking and looking and say ah brother your name is not found in the book of life. Praise
0: God. Praise the Lord.
1: So, I have some folks like that. Some folks are think that when we get to heaven uh, on the last and the judgment day, all of us will stand and they will now begin to call names. Victor Isibo, present, sir.
0: Enter. <laughs> Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord! You know, edit your account! Praise us, sir! Enter. God save you. (laughs) Glory to God. Uh uh. Book of Life is a metaphorical presentation of, of life. So, Tree of Life. Book of Life, River of Living Water, Water of Life are speaking and appointing to someone. So the Bible says in John fourteen six, I am the way, I am the truth, I am what the life. So Jesus is saying, I am the life that was being spoken of. Where in the garden? In Him was life, and the life was the what? Okay, let me show you. Do you know that John one? It's an anagram of Genesis 1. How many of you know that? So when you are reading the book of Genesis, when you want to understand it from the, um, in Christ's perceptive, that means because what John the uh, Beloved did was that he looked at Genesis 1, then he came and said, since I have seen Christ, I have a better, better understanding. He now writes John 1, praise God, with the understanding of someone who has encountered the Son of God. Are you following? Come on, are you following? So, John 1 is a, um, how would I put it? It's a a better presentation of what happened in the beginning. Let's go to John 1. Let me show you. Because Moses wrote Genesis 1. Moses wasn't born again. John wrote um, John 1. John was born again. So, to understand Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you must understand what? John 1. Praise the Lord. I said, praise God. So John 1 is actually a summary of the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. Look at John 1. Is anybody, is this, is this blessing anybody? Is this blessing anybody? Now look at John 1. Look how he says. Verse 1. He says, In the beginning was the Word. In Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created what? The heavens and the earth. This guy says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I've told you that expression word there is logos. What is logos? Explanation. Amen? Explanation. What is logos? Logos is the explanation of a thing. Glory to God. No, the verse 2 now says, The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. Everybody read 1, 2, go. Again. All things. Again. So what is he telling you? He's telling you all those on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, on the fifth day, on the sixth day. Who is he talking about? Jesus made all of it. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, verse 4, everybody would want to go. In him was what? And the life was what? Are you seeing that? So the tree of life He saying that life was in him in him was life and the life was the light of men hallelujah verse 5 and the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so genesis 1 2 when he says and god said let there be light there was one light so the darkness in genesis 1 2 could not stop the light of jesus that shined on the earth that was being communicated that's what being explained Hallelujah. And the light shined in darkness, and darkness could not come near. He says in verse 6 there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for, pay attention, came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Listen. God's plan for every man that comes into the world is to be lighted by the true light. Who is the true light? Christ Jesus. So every man that was born on earth was born for our purpose. To be born again. To bear the life. And to bear the light of Jesus. That's the purpose of man's uh, man's birth. That's why God created man,
0: man in the first place.
1: But What God offers freely must be received because man has the choice to reject what God has offered. As you will see in Adam's case, Adam rejected. Go back, Genesis chapter 2.
0: And out of the ground made the Lord
1: God. Verse 9. Okay, we've read that. Alright, so it now tells us something. You see the instruction God now said to Adam. In verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse 16. Everybody read like a mass choir. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden, Thou mayest what? Hold on. (laughs) The Bible says that there were trees in the garden. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? Then it now tells us the name of two. Two trees. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? Now, it says there was the tree of life and there was what? The tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil. Now, we've seen that if the tree of life was not an actual tree, but referring to Jesus Christ, also it would mean, therefore, that the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not an actual tree. It was referring to a belief system. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? Uh-huh. Because all of these are metaphorical. Because it is not possible for a man to eat something, and because he ate that thing, he becomes a sinner. It's not possible. Whatever goes into, Jesus said, whatever goes into a man's mouth, what does it go to? His stomach, then inside what? The toilet. Whatever you eat does not enter your spirit. How many of you have ever eaten yam, and you saw the yam growing in your, in your spirit? It doesn't go into your spirit. It goes into your GIT. There is no root through your mouth to your spirit. Amen. Amen. Now look at this. Look at what Jesus said in 16. And the Lord God commanded the man. He commanded him. Commanded him. So God was preaching to man. Commanded. He commanded him. He commanded him. He, commanded him. he said, Hold your head, Adam. You know, I, <laughs> there's a reason I created you. Praise God. He commanded him. He says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest what? Freely eat. You can eat of it freely. Verse 17. Can we read the says, But of the tree of the knowledge of what? good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely what that hold on wait which means at this time natural death was not a reality god did not create death
0: you can and say god did not create death
1: he didn't create it he didn't create cancer because before there was a time on earth where there was no death. There was no death. Nothing like it. And God is telling a man, he says, listen, all right? Don't eat of this tree. Because if you eat of it, you will surely die. The word surely die there, all right? Because that's surely there, all right? And death there are the same thing. So he's it talking about dying twice. So, to speak, that's actually um, in the Hebrew uh, when it says thou shalt surely die, the word surely there is moot and death there is moot. So, in the Hebrew language, it is moot, moot. You understand? Moot appears, appears twice. So, the King James translations, when they saw the same word twice, instead of them to say um, thou, shalt, thou shalt die, die. You understand? So, if, if they were going to do it in, in, in pigeon, they would say, ah, if you eat of this week, you go to die. You understand? You go to Daio, something like that. You, you understand? Because mut it appears twice. What is being communicated? God you say you will die twice. If you eat of this tree. Are you following? But he told him, you can eat of every other tree. Notice, God mentions, the scripture mentions only two trees. He wants him not to eat of one. Then he now tells him that if you want to eat, eat everyone else except this one. What is he telling him? Eat of the tree of what? Eat of the tree of what? Eat of the tree of what? Right. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. He said, eat of it. So, when he tells him to eat of it, so the thing we now begin to think in our mind is this. Hold on. Eat of it, how? Is it regular eating? Is it actually eating it like I'm eating body and equal or eating, you know, uh, let me for those uh, international audience body and equal body actually is roasted plantain for those of you watching abroad and you have not in Nigeria? Praise the Lord. All right. So maybe you are eating lasagna, praise God, mm-hmm. <laughs> or pizza. Let us use douche examples. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So w- when he says if you eat of it, what is he talking about? It eat, eat how
0: Eat how. How? John six.
1: Say this with me: It's my Yos, Freddy. Say it again: It's my Yos, said Freddy. It is my CRC. Hallelujah! Are you having a good time? If you are giving the Lord a shout of praise, praise God. Now look at John 6.
0: Hmm. You ready? You ready?
1: Now we're going to start reading from verse 26. And I want you to pay attention. Remember what we talked about yesterday. What's the kind of knowledge you need? What kind of knowledge do you need? Say it again. Say it again.
0: Epignosis.
1: When I say, I cannot go to hell, I cannot lose my salvation. I am not bragging, I'm not, it's not a camp. I am saying it because I have come to that place where I understand salvation. I have. Ah, I've been studying for over twenty years. I understand it.
0: I understand it. I am still understanding
1: it, but I, under- I understand it. Lose it how? I will show you seeds. I'm not, I, I want to bring you into it, the fellowship, so that we will be the, the fellowship of the epignots. <laughs> Glory, Hallelujah, Amen. Imagine be a Christian and all you are bothered about. I don't want to lose myself. What can you can't grow? You cannot grow spiritually. It's not possible. You can't grow in the knowledge of someone that way. Fear? No. Fear does not. Fear kills. It doesn't cause anything to grow. Glory to God. I say glory to God. And to those that say, "Oh, when you have the consciousness of Jesus, uh, uh, you are saved forever. You now begin to sin." Look at me. What, What am I? Look at me. We are here. Praise God. Look at what we are doing. See the commitment, see the dedication to the things of the gospel. Glory to God. Married to one darling, glory to God. We're not adding to her, glory to God. Just one, glory to God. No parcel anywhere, no girlfriend, nothing, and we there will never be. Glory to God. But I say amen, don't say amen. Doesn't happen.
0: Glory to God. Because the word of grace works. Do you hear what I said? Yes, he works not by our righteousness,
1: but by his gift of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Now look at John 6. Quick, let's read from verse 26. Pay attention now. Oh. Pay attention now. Oh. Hmm. If you lose, if I if you look, if you lose this, what I want to say now, just enter Kekena Praise God. <laughs> John six, twenty six. Amen. Jesus answered them and said, listen, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. This was when Jesus multiplied bread and fish. Amen. Then, after he multiplied bread and fish, they now began to look for him. So Jesus said, you are not looking for me because you saw miracles. That that bread you ate that I multiplied, you, you notice that it was Oyato. So you have been coming your your Yes, sir. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: 27 says, labor not for the meat which perisheth. Listen, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto what? Now notice the metaphor. So he's saying that physical meat, the physical bread you ate, cannot give you eternal life. So he says, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto what everlasting life. Listen. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father done what? See. Next verse. 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might walk work the works of God? Everybody read 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye what? So that means the work is what? Believe.
0: Hey. So it also means that when
1: the Bible tells uh, um, when the Bible when the Bible was telling Adam to do the work of God in turning to the garden, it also means that it doesn't necessarily mean that Adam was told to carry cutlass and be. You understand? You understand? So let's go there. That's another that is. Because that will take us somewhere else. Praise God. Let's just keep with the flow. It now says, Jesus answered and said unto him, uh-huh. This is the work of God, that he believe on him whom he had sent. 30, they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou? Then, that we may see and believe thee. What does thou work? <laughs> 31, pay attention. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, very, very, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from what? Heaven. For the bread of God is what? He which cometh down from heaven and giveth what? Life unto the world. Uh Then said they unto him, Lord evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never what hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never what test. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. And all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise do what cast out. So the man that comes to Jesus he will not cast him what out. Good. Let's continue. All right. Next verse. Praise God. Where are we? Huh? thirty-eight. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. 39. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should what? Lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son, and believeth on me, may have what? Everlasting life. Now notice, believing on him... It's equal to having what, everlasting life, eternal life. Is this clear? Now, let's continue. May I have everlasting life? And I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Very, very I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath what everlasting life. Are you seeing this? We are not done. 48, everybody read. I am... That bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not what? Die. Now notice he's moving, he has switched to from believing his eternal life. He's not talking about bread of life and eating of bread of life. Are you are you paying attention? Notice that switch. Now, next verse. Praise God. He now says, This is a bread which Came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. 51. Everybody read. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live what? Hold on. Which means, if you eat of this bread, you shall live forever. And if you believe on me, you shall live forever. What is he telling you? He's telling you, eating equals what? Believing. Hallelujah. So, eating the bread. It's a metaphorical way of saying, believing on me. Are you following? Which therefore means that the eating of the tree is not eating with your mouth. It's eating with your what? With your heart. So when God said to Adam, of every tree in this garden, thou mayest freely what? Eat. He is saying, of every tree. Because when he says for everything, how many trees did they mention? Come on now. Come on. You know by now, the trees are when God says of every tree in the garden. He's not talking of mango tree, you. Amen. He's not talking of mango tree, cashew tree. No. He's talking about belief systems. The tree of life is talking about the gospel of Christ, salvation by grace. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the knowledge of what? Is a tree talking about you can be saved, you can uh, 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 attain to eternal life without Jesus. The tree of life is saying Jesus only. The tree of the night of good and evil is saying you can achieve without Jesus. You can do it without Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. So, eating, everybody say eating, eating, or biblical eating equals believing. Again, biblical eating equals believing. One more time, biblical eating equals believing. So he says, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Thou, thou, you don't eat of it. If you eat of it, you will die. So what is he telling Adam? Listen. If you believe that you can attain righteousness without the tree of life, you will what? You will what? You will what? No, are you seeing the interpretation of what is being said? Come on, are you seeing the interpretation of what is being said? Now go back to John 6. It says... I am the living bread, 51, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give, the bread that I will give is my what? Is my what? It's my what? So obviously you can tell that bread is not talking of actual bread. Bread is talking about, it's a metaphor for food. Because it's now saying the bread I will give is my what? Is flesh bread? No. Bread therefore is talking about food sustenance. Are you following Hallelujah. Alright, the bread I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? <laughs> then Jesus now wanted to pour out water on it. Jesus said unto them, Very, very I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no what? Life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath what? Come on, I want you to just throw, I have eternal life. Aye. Listen, he said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is what? Meat indeed, and my blood is what? Drink indeed. 56. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Now, we've explained that eating there is believing. So the man that believes in Jesus, hallelujah, has eaten of Jesus. And because he believes in Jesus, and he has eaten of Jesus, what does he have? What does he have? What does he have? Hallelujah! That offer of eternal life was given to Adam.
0: Genesis 3.
1: Go there. So you now understand what Adam's sin was. Adam's sin was not that
0: he ate a fruit. Hallelujah. That was not it. No. God's plan was
1: one man, one woman. And he said, you're not mass producing yet. You need to make a decision. So I'm sure God preached to both of them. Praise God. You see, everything Jesus did in his earthly work, he did in Genesis. Because the same way God preached to Abraham, you know God preached to Abraham. How many of you know God preached to Abraham? All right. The same way God preached to Abraham, he preached to Adam and Eve. He preached to them. Genesis 2 shows us the preaching. Eat of life. Believe on the Son. Believe on this tree and you have eternal life. But if you try to attain eternal life without him, you will die. Are you following? Are you following? You will die. Now, now, Genesis 3 now introduces another individual into the picture. The guy we popularly call Satan. Amen. Genesis 3. And verse one. I remember I was uh, you know Yoruba Satan is called issue. I remember if you know they call Satan issue. Then I was getting somewhere, some Yoruba traditional people now came out and said, No, that um, in actual Yoruba traditional, you know, this thing that issue is not a bad person, that issue is good. That it was a white man that came and said that oh. Um, Satan and translated Satan as issue. I said, Guy, listen to me. Whether it's Oyao or Shongo or Eshuo, so far the name is not Jesus. It's bad. So I said, No. You see, Christianity is a white man's religion. You are a liar. It's not. Because the black men got saved before white men in the Bible. Glory to God. In fact, there, there was a guy in Acts 13 that the guy was so black. That he had a nickname, they called him nigger.
0: You know Simon the nigger. So nigger is a biblical terminology. What's up, my Nigger? Yes, sir. The word nigger
1: is Greek for black. Black. So when they say nigga is black guy, that means this guy must have been black. Oh, you know there's black and there's black. How many of you know what I'm saying? You know, you know there's chocolate, there's mulatto, then there's black. Oh, black is beautiful. Praise God.
0: Black is beautiful. I'm black. I'm proud. I'm black. Praise the Lord. Black's life matter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So in case there's anybody here that is saying that uh, Christian say, "Well, I want to kill it," so that's why I'm giving suspense. You understand? Yes. Yeah, so you hear what I said. It's not a white man's religion.
0: No. No. Uh.
1: Uh-uh. Uh. You see, all of those brandings and all of those presentation is designed to make you reject the gospel. You say you say you know you I'm know saying that. Let us go back to the Yoruba religion. What exactly is that? And the worship of our our orim, You you don't know what you are seeing.
0: Which irumale? We which, which one?
1: Irum, iru, iru what? What are you talking about? You are talking about principalities. You are talking about powers. Those are demons. What are you talking about? See, that's what the white man. no the white man tell me that the, the Bible tells me that. And it didn't start with you. You are not the first to start worshiping Umole. The Greeks were worshiping Umole. They called it different names. Don't make it sound as though it started with you. Just as you have Shongo, which is your Yoruba version. There is talk. Hallelujah. You, you are only so do it. On that one, they have what? They have uh, uh, What's the name of this guy? Say? The father of Zeus. So you can see the devil is a bastard. He doesn't invent new things. So he just say, okay, you uh, now went to your, uh, yeah, this is your own version. Then the Igbo people, he gave them their own version. Then the d'Ivoire, he gave them their own version. Then everybody felt that their own God is this same, but it's all the same demons. It's just PR. It's public relations. Praise the Lord. Just PR. Come glory to God. Say, I serve the true God. And his name is Jesus. So I say, Jesus is not God. He's a prophet. Just a prophet. Just a prophet. Then you don't know him. He's more than a prophet. He's more than a prophet. The Bible calls him the Logos of God. He is the explanation of God. No man had seen God at any time, John 1:18, John 6, 46. But Jesus, hallelujah, is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. The man that has laid hold on Jesus has laid hold on God.
0: Amen. Amen. You laid hold on Jesus, you laid hold on God. Not talking about it's not competition. Praise God. So
1: said, there are many religions in this world. Which one should we believe? Which one? Which one is the actual truth? Which one is actual truth? Well, the name of the one whose name, the name of the guy is, is truth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. You cannot read the words of Jesus and say the guy is guessing. Do you understand? That is guessing. Maybe he's not sure. You can't read the word of Jesus and be wondering whether that is right. No. That's why when you read the word of Jesus, faith swells up in your heart. He said, I'm coming. I came from him. I'm going back to him. You understand? A- anyone that believes in me has him. He was very sure. Some folks will say, you see, we don't know where we are going. When we, when we die, we will go somewhere and we will not be praying for us to enter. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that. No, no, no. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus said, listen, if you believe, you have. Very clear. He was very clear. Very, very clear. Lepasa Kadavaya. Glory to God. Now, remember we said, so. the eternal life was offered to Adam in the garden. See, I'm sharing this so you fall in love with, with God again. Alright, for those of you that are, you are beefing God, I'm wondering why? Why is there sickness? It's it's, sickness did not come from God. Darkness did not come from Him. Confusion doesn't come from Him. It doesn't. It never has and it will never will. Praise God. I said praise God. Now, look at this. Genesis 3. This is where they always blame the
0: woman. But the woman is not your problem. Genesis 3
1: verse 1. Everybody read one, to go. He says what? Ah, uh-uh, ah, church. Read like people that went to school and did comprehension. Let's go, one, to go. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, how many of you know that from what we have seen so far... We are not talking about an actual serpent. Because the Bible also calls Satan, that great word, serpent, in Revelation. So it is metaphorical. Is this clear? Uh-huh. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, uh-huh. Now, what's going on? In Genesis 2, God said to the man, God preached the gospel to the man, eat eternal life, don't eat of this one. Are you following? Which means, um, believe on the Son and you will have eternal life. Do not believe that you can have eternal life without the the Son. Are are you following so far? Come on, have you gotten that so far? Uh huh. Now, he now comes in, um, this you now the serpent, that's the devil, all right, now comes and says, and he said unto the woman, Yeah! Had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of every tree. uh, um, We may eat of what? Of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3 says, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye what? Ye that notice something, all right, we, we find that the woman does not mention the name of the
0: tree. You know she doesn't mention the name of the tree? You
1: notice that, right? She doesn't. It now says, And but, but of the foot of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye what? Touch it, lest ye die. God did not say, don't touch it. God said, don't what? Eat of it. So we now begin to find that from the words of the woman, she did not have enough what? Information. Eh? She did not have enough information. Now, what was the problem? God gave the information to Adam. Adam did not properly teach who? Eve. Showing us something here. That this Genesis 3 shows us that one of the greatest failures we see in this place, is the failure of Adam to be a proper priest over his own family. Proper priest over his own family. He didn't teach properly. So you now find that when we now go to the um, epistles, Paul tells the women that if they have any questions, they should go back home and ask their who? Their husband, because their husband is supposed to be a custodian of what? Knowledge. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Showing you the kind of husband you should, you should husband do. Don't go and be husbanded by someone who is ignorant of the scriptures. Because if you are, what happened in Adam's family will happen in your own. Now listen. And the serpent said unto the woman. Now I, I, want, us to say something, say some, I want us to say something very carefully. Because we are talking about epignosis. And I want you see something very powerful here. Satan would always target the person that either has no knowledge of the world or who has insufficient knowledge of the world. Are you, are you paying attention? Who did he go to? Did he go to Adam? No. He went to who? Eve. Why? Because Eve did not have sufficient knowledge of what was said. The knowledge she had was what? Handed to her. Are, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Are you? Now, remember the parable of the sower in Mark, it's uh, a Mark's gospel, chapter 4. The first heart, the one that was sown by the wayside, Jesus said, were the ones that heard the word, but did not what? But did not what? Understand it. That Satan came straight away and stole the word from their heart. That's what the devil always does. It goes for those who do not understand. For example, this is that is coming to you now. What the devil will do, don't understand the teaching, are the first people who will snatch the message from their heart. You just discard it. I didn't know all those nonsense, all, those people, all these people are come again. You understand? They just come and be misrepresenting things. The devil is stealing from your heart. For what you don't understand, it cannot take root inside you. Praise God. He now says, now listen. And the serpent said unto the woman, now pay attention. Pay attention. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely what? Die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be what? And ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Basically, what the devil was telling them is, When you eat of this other tree, you will be able to attain to what that first tree, the tree of life, would give you. But you will attain to it without the tree of life. So he was showing them, he was saying, there is another way for you to have the life. Because if you eat of this tree, don't worry, you will not die. God lied. Now look at what she now says. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband what with her. Some folks have thought that the, um, Satan, um, Adam went to the farm, and Satan was talking to Eve. No, Adam was there. Which means that Adam, in his own heart, alright, was already considering rejecting God's offer. And what Genesis 3 is showing us is that Adam had already rejected God's offer. Adam wanted to achieve life without God's offer. Look at Romans 5. Romans 5 now explains it to us in plain English. Look at Romans 5, verse 12.
0: Romans 5 and verse 12. Can we read? One, two, go.
1: Are you there? Then we'll take a break very soon. 15, 20 minutes. Then we'll come back. How many of are learning this thing? You're learning something? i many of are learning something? Let me see. I Put your hand up. Put it up. Put it up. Praise God.
0: Now look at Romans chapter 5. Verse 12. It says, wherefore, as by one man, sin,
1: notice this, one man, sin, entered into the world. And what? death by sin. One man, sin, entered into the world. Now, am I going remember that example I gave of the architect?
0: So imagine the architect wants to build a three-story building with a boy squatter, right? Then,
1: you know, the architect does not build. There is a constructor or, a, you know, a builder. The architect doesn't build. Then the builder looks at the plan. Then he now goes, he says he wants to build. Then instead of building a three-story building, He does a foundation that is for
0: a bungalow. For a
1: bungalow, then he now builds a three-story building boy's quarter. What has happened? Has he built in accordance with the plan? Has he built in accordance with the plan? He has missed the plan. Is that correct? Is that correct? Now, sin, the word sin, what sin is... Alright, the word sin is from the Greek word amartia. What does amartia mean? Amartia means to miss the mark. That's what it means. It means to what? To miss the mark. So, when we are talking about sin, from the standpoint of God, is this. God says, I have a plan. I have a design. I have a purpose. What is the purpose? To offer eternal life to this man I have created. Are you seeing this? So that this man can attain to eternal life and become a son of God, having my nature. But he would only attain or receive eternal life by believing in my son. Are you following? By believing in Jesus Christ. That is the plan. That is the architectural design. Are you following? Are you following? If man followed that plan, all men, if Adam had followed that plan and said, I accept, I surrender. I, I surrender to your plan. I surrender to your will. I surrender to it. And I receive eternal life in, in Christ. What would have happened? It was that he would now become a son of God, having the nature of God, and death would never have been a reality. We would never have known what death is. Hallelujah. Adam will be in this meeting today. And we share. You say, That's right. That's right. I believe. You know? And he will be old. Because he'll be immortal. And because if it's immortal, you don't grow old with immortality. Because Jesus, right now, in his human body, should be 2,000 and something years old. And I can assure you, Jesus does not have a long beard, with white hair, saying, yes, how are you doing, my son? No. So you have visions of, G- of God. And the visions of God, they see, is that of an old man. I mean, I've seen people talk about visions of God and say, it's an old man with white hair. And no, it's not like that. God is young. Is that I said? God is what? He's young. Fresh what? What are you talking
0: about? Fresh. Young.
1: Smells good. Ask Jesus. Some of you that don't smell good, don't dress I don't know who used to cop you. It's not Jesus. Some people used to act as though John the Baptist is their savior. <laughs> no. Not just the bathroom. Not just Jesus. Fresh guy, clean. Has his back. God is neat. He uses roll-on perfume. Have God. Think about it. How did Mary Magdalene know that Jesus would in the perfume? Came broke perfume, and when you were saying, "Oh, no," said Jesus, "No, she understands. I'm fresh." <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Where does this open? As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men that all have
0: sinned. You see that? Praise God. So death didn't come by God.
1: Man saying, no, I choose to attain eternal life by my own action. Not by believing in Jesus. By that action, what has happened? Man has introduced death. Because the absence of life is what? Is death. The absence of light is what? Darkness. Praise God. Praise God. Alright, look at Romans chapter 5, verse 19. 19. For as by one man's disobedience, one man's disobedience, many men were made what sinners. By the obedience of one shall many be made what? Now so it says for what by one man's disobedience. The word disobedience is parakoea. It means that all right, he was told something. But he didn't pay attention to what he was told. So that means the gospel, God's plan was told to him, was preached to him, but he didn't pay attention. Amen. This tells us something that is very important and very beautiful to note. is that natural man, without the help of the Spirit of God, will always reject God. Because Adam, in his natural but perfect state, still rejected God. Praise God. He rejected said, no. No, I will do it my way. And God didn't force him. God just said, alright, you've decided to go your way. Here the comes. And you were saying before, Pastor, is it that simple? Well, look at the world today. Jesus Christ has died. And he has offered eternal life to all the world. Yet some folks have come and said, no. I don't need to follow Jesus to have eternal life. The other ways. Praise God. The other ways. Some come and share their opinion. No, no, no. I don't think God will do it that it is only one way to everlasting life. The other ways. The other way. The, the other ways. Someone says, Oh, I, I think that to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven is too restrictive. The other way. That God should be, you know, inclusive. There's the Shintoists, there's the Buddhist. You can't say there's one truth. There are many truths. One person comes and say I'm gay. He say no problem, that's your truth. Another person comes and say I'm a cis man. No problem, that's your truth. So you have your truth, I have my truth. Everybody has truth everywhere. My truth, your truth, our truth. Showing you that man, even today, he's still doing the same thing that Adam did, rejecting an offer of eternal life. So sin is missing God's plan concerning salvation in Christ. That's what sin is. Folks are not going to hell because of fornication and adultery. No. Adultery and fornication stems from being all right it's a lifestyle it's a nature thing and if you're here and you are still bound by a lot of those things listen you need to sit down and feed on this word. for the man who properly feeds on it it will kill anything that is not of christ in you it will kill it it will kill it like it will kill it nothing kills sin like the gospel the gospel kills it hallelujah it so as you feed on the word and you feed on Christ, all of those desires you are struggling with die. Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God! So, now in the second session, we are now going to look at how Jesus solved the sin problem and the result of it. So, when He Why did he come to die? You see that? Why did he come to die? Then, what kind of salvation did he bring? We're going to look at that salvation and do a study of it. Then we are now also going to look at all right, the offering of Jesus in the light of his priesthood. We'll check it. Is salvation eternal? What can man do to lose his salvation? We will check it. These questions are important that you have the answers to them. Convictions. Conviction concerning them. You cannot live a Christian life not knowing. Him. Praise God. I said praise God. To be balanced, we'll check two scriptures and we'll have a clear understanding of what it says. Are you ready? I said are you ready? Lift up your hands and just talk in other tongues. Talk in other tongues.
0: Talk in other tongues.
1: You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Okea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.